Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This podcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast, episode number 22. Can you believe it? The double deuce. The double deuce. I'm your co-host, Mason S. With me, as always, is my man, TK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we are all the way up to step number 10. Can you believe it? Wow, step 10. Yeah. Um, Today, our guest is somebody who's very near and dear to me. I know that for sure. Um, Probably Travis, too. Oh, yeah. We share a birthday together. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So speaking of birthday, what is your clean date? Yeah, what is your clean date? Thank you, <laughs> thank you for helping me out. That's what I'm here. What is your clean date? And uh, give your home group a shout out. Sounds good, man. My name is Glenn D, and I'm an addict. Um, my clean date is September 10th of 2004, and my home group is one of too many up in Clarksville, Tennessee. Clarksville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So, how is uh, the recovery environment up in Clarksville? Well, I got to be honest, man. When I first got there, it was kind of struggling. But I think one of the problems we have now is we need to go out and find bigger rooms. Right. What a blessing, man. Right? We're awesome. getting 30, well, over 30 from our people in meetings. So it's it's been it's been awesome. And to watch it grow has been just amazing. Well, that's great. Well, if you notice... Glenn talks a little bit different than we do. Forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you you transitioned down here from New York. Tell us about the recovery scene, what it was like before you moved down here. And what are some so, um, of the differences? No, man. <clears throat> you don't have enough, we don't have that much time. <laughs> right. So uh, again, I got clean up in the Hudson Valley in New York. I lived in the city most of my life. And then when I moved up there, I finally got clean and, we had a pretty strong area up there. Um, we had a lot of different meetings. The meetings were pretty cool because the actual format of the meetings was so different than down here. And each meeting up there was so different to format. You know, some might be a one, two, three beginner meeting. Some of them might do, you know, a step every meeting. Some of them did a tradition in the month, in the beginning of the month, and the end of the month. Um, so it was just a, a wide variety of stuff up there. Most of our meetings up there were an hour and a half. When I came down here, everything was pretty much an hour. Um, and a lot of the meetings down here were um, what I call just like open discussion meetings. Yeah. Not a real topic or anything. So, you know, I struggled a little when I first got down here, man. But um, <clears throat> when I first got down here, I wasn't in Clarksville. I was in Spring Hill. And that's how I met you guys. And then, uh, you know, I started going and making some meetings in Nashville and, and people had recovery there, right? So one of the things it taught me is I got to let go of that control, right? I got to come down here. You people are recovering the way you're recovering down here and you're staying clean. There's not one way to work this program, man. And and that was just totally reinforced by coming down here. And then when I went from Nashville to Clarksville, 
Oh man, I thought I heard banjos, man. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I've I've learned to to love that area. I really have. There's some really special people in that area. So some of the you talked about, you know, we down here most of the time had open discussion meetings. Have you been able to implement some of those uh, meeting formats that you've had up there? And how has that went over? So I I, I talked about it a couple of times with some folks and we do have a meeting, two meetings up there that stay in our literature, which is awesome. Yeah. We don't have any step meetings. Um, another thing I noticed down here is they weren't diving into the traditions like I just hope, right? Because that's what keeps our fellowship together, man. Yeah. That teaches me how to, to live with you. So, um, but now our Thursday night meeting is going through the Guiding Principles book, and it's off. You know, and we have a bunch of people who come in from um, one of the rehab centers near us, but they really kind of don't even have a clue what a tradition is, and we're going through the tradition. And I always share on that. Um, right behind the reading we do. So just to kind of give people an understanding of why we do these things. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want you to touch on, because I know about it, because we've implemented You taught me how to actually do one. Um, talk about a step meeting and what that looks like for somebody out there listening who may want to, you know, when the next time they chair a meeting, they may want to spice things up a little bit. What is a step meeting? So, so, there's many different ones too. I mean, you can have um, a step meeting where you read the step out of the basic text. You can have a step meeting where you read the step out of the green and gold that works how and why. You can have a step meeting that just opens up after that, right? Or you can actually invite a speaker in to speak 10, 15 minutes on the step after you read it. Um, in New York, like I said, we had an hour and a half meeting. So what we like to do is after that person was done speaking, Figure opening the meeting, reading the step, and them sharing was almost about 45, 50 minutes. And we would open up the next 20 minutes to people who worked the step. And what that did was it gave somebody who never worked a step hearing it read. It gave somebody who's never worked a step hearing the experience of one of our members talk about it for 15, maybe 20 minutes. And then hearing like seven other people behind him share about how that step has worked in their lives and identifying with the speaker who was sharing, right? And then at the end of the meeting, we'd open the meeting up for the last half hour of, of just anybody sharing, you know. Um, <clears throat> that was really important to me when I first got clean, man. I went to step, my sponsor's like, yo, you got to go to these meetings. And I went to beginner meetings, which was first, second, third step. First, second, third step. And we just rotate through that. And you get to hear so many different people, how they implement the principles of the step in their lives. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that version that you were just sharing about is kind of what we adopted down here. We, um, I did it one night when I chaired a meeting. I had a, somebody come up and speak on the first step for about 15 minutes, and then we opened the floor to members who had worked the first step or even allowed newcomers to ask questions in that meeting um, or get with somebody afterwards. Um, and I think I, some, I, did, I think I did one that. of the coolest things, though, Mason, is like you changed the format. It's just not rigid that we have to do all these things here as long as we follow our traditions, man. Right. 
Yeah. I know with the way that our home group is set up, we allow the chairperson to pick the type of meeting that they want within the confines of, you know, but, you know, I did that meeting one time and then Chase and Tony P kind of took it on and it's become a staple in our home group. Like every Tuesday night, almost, you know, we're, right. we're doing a step or, or a tradition one, you know, and sharing, they'll get somebody up to share for 15 minutes and then we open the floor on that step. So it's really, it's really been very useful and, you know, it's helped me out a lot too. You know, I think, um, it talks about, and it works how and why we gain our own interpretation and understanding of the steps and, you know, somebody else's share can unlock a, a better or a different understanding of the step for me. I, I I've noticed. Oh, oh, definitely for me too. And that's why when we, when I went to continually going to meetings and hearing different people share on how that step impacted their lives and how they put it in their lives, it gave me a better understanding of what the step really was. <clears throat> yeah. I think this is the most amazing fellowship on earth, man. I love it. So many. I love it. <laughs> I do too, brother. Yeah, man. So let's, um, Let's roll on in and let's get let's let the listeners get to know you a little bit. Let's talk about um your journey and how you found Narcotics Anonymous and um you know, what are you coming up? You just said on nineteen years, you know, let's let's talk about what the last eighteen years have looked like for you. So before we get into that, um I used for like thirty three years. I grew up in a family that wasn't terrible, right? Um I was pretty successful, and that kept me stuck for a long time. Social acceptability doesn't equal recovery. So anyway, I got into recovery in 2002. <clears throat> and thank God for the third, third tradition, where it tells us that the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop using. But man, I had enough white tags I could pile a bathroom with. Um, so it took me a while. I came in in 2003. I didn't get clean till the end of 2004. I was what they called a 30, 60, 90 day wonder. After 30, 60, 90 days, I was wondering what I was doing in my car doing the drug of choice again. You know, <clears throat> um, I've had the same sponsor for the last 19 years, man. I got him right before I got clean. Um, I didn't come through an inpatient treatment facility. And I was really annoyed at that. The last day I used, I remember arguing with the lady on the phone about my insurance. And I've been paying insurance all my life. And why can't I use this inpatient treatment, um, you know, benefit? And she's like, Mr. Davis, you haven't failed outpatient yet. So I stopped. And then, you know what? I took some guidance. And September 10th of 2004, I put myself into an outpatient program the next day. And I haven't picked up since, man. So just by letting go, I was able to grab the program. Um, my sponsor is an amazing guy, man. We've gone through the steps. We've done work on, on different steps for different aspects of our lives. We share things with each other. Um, we don't even live near each other anymore. And my relationship now is is stronger with him than it was when we were living up in New York together. By name, I've sponsored a lot of people in this fellowship, man, but you know, 
I've only taken two people through the 12 and 12, and you were one of them, bro. You know? So that was a gift for me when I sponsor somebody to be able to see them grow through the whole process. Um, sponsorship's important, man. You know, um, but working the steps and working the tradition, they're only there to guide me how to do what I need to do and for me to bounce things off of. And I don't just bounce things off of my sponsor, man. I got a, I got a people in my network that I talk to. And these are all people who want what I want. So I don't go to Joe Blow because I know he's going to let me off the hook acting out on some lust. Or I don't go to this guy because, no, I go to people who are going to hold me accountable. And if I have a problem and I talk to eight different people and eight different people give me the same answer and it don't match mine, I know I got to do some work. You know, so it's a process, man. Um you know, and I and I love I love the process, and I love even the struggles that I have, because I look back on the growth after that. You know, I've gone through things and kicked and screamed and haven't been graceful at all, and I just didn't use. And when I got to the other side, I was thanking the God of my understanding for unanswered prayer, because where I wound up was just so much better than where I was, and so much better than what I wanted. And I'm in the middle of that process now, and it's been a long time coming, man. I've been working on this stuff for five years. I mean, that is the ending of a of a 40-year relationship with, with, with the person who I should have stayed with the rest of my life. I, maybe not, because obviously I'm not, but, you know, she was a good woman, man. I love my, I love my ex-wife. You know, and I'm sad that that relationship had to come to an end. And it's still in the process. You know, we're divorced. We're still arguing about other stuff. And I don't know, maybe I just got to let that go, right? So I struggle. But we all do. We just don't use. What a blessing, man. Right? I got a chance today if I don't pick up. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I'm down here. I'm involved. I've been doing... I've been part of H&I for 18 years, man. And that's where the God of my understanding has called me to be, to, to, to give a message of hope to a bunch of addicts who are in a treatment facility, and when they get out, letting them know that we're here waiting for them, man. We've been praying for them to come into meetings. And, you know, if one person hears the message, I'm blessed. If God chose to use me for one person to hear a message, I'm blessed. I don't take any credit for that. Well, there's one so. thing I want to ask you about. Um, Cause I use this all the time and you shared this with me at a very uh, dark spot in my early recovery. And I'm just going to say a little bit of it and then you can finish it and tell <laughs> me where you heard it. But it starts like if you keep acting like you were acting, yeah, man. So if you keep on living the way you were living when you were using, eventually you are going to have to use to make sense out of the way you're living. So up in up in the Hudson Valley, we had this guy, room temperature Fred, man. Uh, an older black gentleman. What a blast. This guy, this guy grabbed me up in recovery when I first got there, man. You know, he had been clean for 
14 years. He was selling crap out of the back of his car, CDs, dungarees, sneakers, all this stuff. He got the bright idea that he could be like Mickey Barnes from the Bronx, one of the biggest dope dealers around that didn't use, and he decided he could be Nicky Barnes and sell a couple bundles and, and be okay. And he became his best customer because he was living the lifestyle that he was living when he used. And when he said that, man, the first meeting he said that, that just like melted a place in my mind that like, I got to remember this, man. I've heard so many things throughout recovery. Most of the things I say are not mine. There's a, other people who have said them. We've got them from other people. We've got them from other people. And that's how this fellowship works, man. I think when you hit me with that bombshell was the first time that I realized that this program is much deeper than just complete abstinence. Yeah, man. Like that's only a requirement for the program to start working, but that's not the program. And, uh, you know, it's about my actions and my behaviors and, you know, um, regardless of my thinking, you know, it's, it's all about what you do and making changes and, because if yeah, you man. don't, how are you living? Yeah. I think I know the event, but I'm not sharing it. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really care. It was over a little resentment, man. A little resentment grew into something that was, you know. Um, I'm going to take my toys and go home. Yeah. That's well, right. that's like taking poison and hoping you die. That's it. The only one of resentment hurts is me, man. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm grateful for that time, man. Um, you know, I haven't found myself feeling like I felt during that two-week period, you know, since that point. That's been almost, you know, five and a half years ago. Yeah, man. Five years ago. Almost to the day. I remember something that they said in, you know, like early recovery, you know, like the good thing about recovery is you get your feelings back. And the bad thing yeah. about recovery is you get your feelings back. <laughs> And, and the thing that you need to do is understand how do you react to those feelings, right? Yeah. It's all, it is an action program for me, man. And how am I living? You know, when I was still married, people go, oh, you know, you got sound so good and you got such a great recovery. And I tell them, I said, you really want to know about my recovery? Go talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. You know, so, but we try, we practice in N.A., and we try to bring that out to the rest of our lives. What a gift. Absolutely. So before we get into step 10, where do you, um, how has the steps helped you in other areas that you've uh, struggled in outside of just using? So using is a big place, right? Yeah. Um, for me, using isn't just drugs. Right. You know, for me, using is with women. For me, using is with eating. Man, you know, I picked, I put down the stem, I picked up the fork, I came in here 200 pounds on the stem fast diet, I was just up to 290 pounds, man, I'm down 35 again. You know, I get to a place where when the pain gets great enough, like I couldn't even bend over and tie my shoes, man, when the pain gets great enough, then we'll change. <laughs> That's it. So, um, so I still struggle in some areas, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. You know, um, lust is a really strong 
has a lot of power over me, man. And I give it a lot of power over me. But, you know, um, anger, I've been working on that too, man. And I realize that a lot of that's just tied to fear with me. You know, so when I look at the steps, even the 10th step, man, was I angry today? And what caused that anger? Because I got to look at, I, the anger isn't the problem. It's what caused that anger. Then I got to figure out how do I deal with that in a different way. And and the 10th step is perfect for that, man. This is like, you led right into this, you know. Um, so, yeah, um, throughout my recovery, my, one of the best things my sponsor ever told me was, Glenn, I wish you a long, slow recovery. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? What's up with that? I used a couple of other nice choice words. He says, because you got a long way to go. <laughs> and I still do, man. I hope to be on this journey for the rest of my life. I hope I have the willingness to to apply a program like this in my life for the rest of my life just to get a little better. Never perfect, but a little better than I was yesterday, you know. So I want to talk to you about anger a little bit. Do you feel like anger is something that you can get to a point to where you have some kind of control over the reaction or is it something that you've got to dive deep and fix the problem of why you're angry because you have no control once you get to the point of being angry? Well, for me, everything comes with some of the core beliefs I have about myself. Yeah. About like not being good enough, not being lovable. Um, and when things come up against that, that kind of prove that, point in my sick mind anyway anger comes up and and i wrote a perfect example man i wrote an email back to somebody yesterday and man i laid into this email right and i put the email in my draft box and then i called my sponsor i went back in and i rewrote that whole email into two little sentences yeah, I can't make the September 11th date, and please ask the court to do this on an all-day court event because I'm traveling a thousand miles each way to get back and forth to court. And that was so much more productive, man. And, and I just took a sponsor through the second step. It says that even if we can do it sometimes, like we don't have to act out on our behavior, that's a success. Yeah. So I was pretty, I'm, I'm, damn, I'm pretty proud of what I did yesterday instead of acting the way Glenn always acts, you know? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that made us um, really bond and one thing that we could relate on because, I mean, we grew up in two totally different places. We came from two totally different places. You know, we're two different ages. Um you know, uh, staying I'm old. No, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wasn't going to say which one was older, but <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I can relate to the most is you used to say that, um, you would talk about, you know, what you discovered in the fourth step was, you know, s some of the things about the insecurities and, and not feeling like you were enough, you know, what was it that you used to say the biggest fear that you had was that 
somebody would get to know you and then they wouldn't like you and that would be unacceptable. That those right. are the things that like, man, I, I felt that way my whole life. You know, I've always been can. a bigger guy, you know, that's just, you know, that's, yeah. that's always played a part. And, and I was always a big person too. You know, I mean, even in grade school, I was usually the tallest or the second tallest in my class and pretty much the heaviest. So when people didn't do what they needed to do, I just like acted. And it wasn't always good, you know. But but that was all tied to that fear, huh? I was really messed up, wasn't you? I was just, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, fine. You know what that is, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. What'd oh, you say? Oh, Trav. What? What oh, is you? You want me to share on this? Yeah. What my insecurities was? Yeah, go. For it, it was. It was not being accepted. And yeah, like, man. I was. You know, like if uh, if I didn't feel like I was the first one picked, I was a failure. You know, at whatever I did. And that don't have to be the case when I walk in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. And that's amazing. What a gift. And these things were, were put inside us, Travis, when we were young, like really young. And our parents did the best that they could with what they had. But you know what? I didn't get what I needed. That's all I know. My sisters, don't they're not like me. But I know I didn't get what I needed. And that's, I grew up with those same feelings, Travis. Why aren't you picking me? You know, yeah. Well, it goes much deeper than just school. That's for certain. Oh, life in general, man. And again, these are some of my core beliefs about myself. Like I up up in my head, I understand them and I know them. In my heart, I don't feel them, and that's what really hurts, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But look at us now, man. Ooh, I love recovery, man. Yeah. <laughs> Big fish in a little pond. No doubt. <laughs> Hello, right, well, let, let's uh let's dive into the topic today. Travis, you want to do your part, buddy? Oh, you want I'll to even read. I'll even hold the book for you. I mean, really, and never mind. That's pride coming out. I know it is, so I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> Step ten. We continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong. Promptly admitted it. All right. So, Glenn, what do you got for us on step 10? So, it doesn't say when we took the personal inventory, we promptly admitted it to the person we hurt. Okay. I need to admit it to me. And then what I need to do is I need to take a step back, just like I did in my eighth and ninth step. I might even have to talk to somebody about how do I go and make this amends. I might not have to make that amends. I might just have to change my behavior. And and so the 10th step for me is, like, I take a look at my day. And, and, I, and, I, and I try to remember, like, did I see a hurt look in anyone's face today after they got done talking with me? Um, did I do something I wasn't supposed to do today? Did I not do something I was supposed to do today? Did I just stand there and let somebody else get, you know, destroyed by somebody where I could have stepped in and maybe, you know, supported that person? Um, there's so many things in the 10th step you can look at, man. Um, 
The tenth step, it says it right here. It frees us from the wreckage of our presence. <laughs> if we don't stay aware of our defects, they can drive us into a corner. We can't get out of clean. So here I am again. Wait a second. I worked the sixth and seventh step, right? Those defects are gone, right? What defects? Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> So I got to look at them every day. And I don't have to look at the individual defect every day. I got to look at why I did something the way I did it. And what defect is that attached to? Was I being self-righteous today? Was I having a set of principles that I can't even live by and holding you accountable to them? You know, did I shame you because you didn't live up to those? Oh, man. That was my whole growing up. You know, shame's a really, really, really bad feeling, man. Mm. Um, you know, being guilty is, yeah, I did something wrong. Okay, I got it. You got me. Shame is I am something. Yeah. And that's a feeling that I struggle with too, man, you know. But the 10th step helps me, man. And And it's not just looking at, like, what I didn't do today or what I did wrong today. What did I do successfully today? Like if I concentrate on my successes more than I concentrate on the things I was doing wrong, hopefully I'll do my successes more and my wrongs less. Right? Hopefully I'll start to and, and it's even it's it's with everything with me. If I'm hanging out with people who are just, oh my God, this sucks, life is terrible, blah, blah, blah. It's like I fall right into that, man. But when I hang out with people like, wow. You know, this happened to me today, but thank God I didn't have to get high. This happened to me today. You know what? I'm going to get some growth out of this. I got to look at the positives and even some of the negative things I do. Instead of always looking at the negative things, you know, and then I'll do something good. And those core beliefs we were talking about, they'll twist that around. You know, like that little voice in my head. One that talks to me in my own voice, that thing we call a disease. It'll take something good that I did and, and, and like discount it. Maybe not totally, you know, make it so it was wrong, but yeah, that didn't matter because you did this bad. Again, that perfectness I need to have. So when I do a 10-step inventory, I get the chance to take a look at what I did during the day. Had my defects come up? They came up. How did I handle them? Sometimes I don't have to make the amends because I did it as it was happening, right? The 10th step frees me from my present. And if I and, and, and I might not even know I'm wrong. It tells us that in our literature. It says, you know, we, we might not even know that we were wrong. So admitting it um, promptly might be two, three, four days down the road. And something else comes up and you go, when, when you see somebody else do what you did, yeah. and you're going, oh, man, that's terrible. And then you go back and you go, holy shit, I just did that the other day. You know, a better perspective on myself. I love the just for today, man. You know, awareness of both the bad things and the good things in my life. And that 10th step is the, is the, is the scale. That keeps me balanced, right? Because it's either white or black for me, this addict. Either it's I'm totally the best or I'm totally a piece of crap. 
And the 10th step helps me be humble. Right? Humility means I don't think more of myself or less than myself. I think of myself as who I am right now and, and what I'm doing. Right, so you know? Oh, yeah, man. So, you know, and, and, and Narcotics Anonymous helped me with a lot of that stuff, too. Because when I came in here, dude, nobody did the things I did. Nobody thought the things I thought. Nobody acted the way I acted. And then I heard one person talking about the same thing. And then I heard a woman talking about the same thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I read the book and I thought they were following me around when they wrote the basic text. It was all about me, man. Still could be all about me. That's another thing that I got to look at at the 10th step, right? Was it all about me today? Did I get out of myself and out of my disease? Did I get out of the self-centeredness, the core of our disease, and do something for someone else today without a motive behind it? You know? And I got to take credit for that. Even if I don't do it all the time, every time I do that, I got to take credit for that because that reinforces that behavior in me. Yeah. You know, um, I, 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 I read through a bunch of our literature today and I, I highlighted some things. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find them right away. Um, <laughs> we often find that we've been doing better than we've been feeling. That 10 step helps me understand that. Yeah. You know, that 10 step. And and I love our literature, man. It speaks to me. Like, I'm, I'm just feeling like crap today. But you know what? I had a pretty successful day. I got up. I did this. I got this done. You know, I, I went and I helped this person. But I'm still feeling like crap today. But that's okay. It's a fact that I have feelings. But it, the feelings aren't the facts. So sometimes I'm doing better than what I'm feeling, you know? You know, something that jumps out at me, Glenn, uh, I think it was, I was working a step with a sponsee. Uh, it was actually a 10 step and, you know, uh, he's sharing his inventory on it and man, it, it really puts you like when you work it with a sponsee, you're not, deaf, you know, really looking at yourself and then he says something and boom, it's like, oh my God. It's the corner. What? You know, and like you tell sponsees this, you know, uh, that, hey, look, you're going to help me more than I help you. And, you know, like we don't understand that in the early, you know, like, because yeah, I know Chip, Chip told me that one time. I was like, man, he's full of shit, right. whatever, you know. And, you know, when you're on the other side of that table, man, it really, it knocks your lights out sometimes. It's like, man, I've got some work to do. And it gives you a whole new perspective. On recovery, man. It's amazing. I've had to go back on fourth steps because my sponsor was talking about something that I was doing that I didn't put on my fourth step. That I didn't even remember until he brought it up. Mm. You know, this is an amazing program, man. You know, and I just shared about it the other night. I had a sponsor over for lunch the other day. And we were talking about some things and I was, you know, I had to bat out and I was beating myself up. This was after a bunch of stuff that was going on with that email I wrote and, you know, all the lawyer stuff that's happening. And and he goes, dude, what is wrong with you, man? Like, I don't see that in you. And and I talk to people in the rooms 
and I let them know that you're my sponsor. And they're like, oh, man, that guy's amazing. And I think you're amazing. And I'm like, how come I don't feel I'm amazing, man? And I went to a meeting that night, and he was in the meeting, and I didn't say his name. But I told people that I sat there today with a guy with four months clean who, like, opened my eyes, like, so vividly. I can learn from anybody if I'm open-minded, man. You can't graft a new idea on a closed mind. Absolutely. You know? So, um, and, and listen, you don't have to be on this 10th step to do the 10th step, man. Go out and get IP number nine, living the program. When I was in uh, outpatient, before I was even working steps with a sponsor, the person who was running the outpatient had us take the living the program pamphlet and answer it for 30 days in a row. Every question. And sometimes it was just a yes or no question. Sometimes I had to put detail in there because, you know, what I was, you know, was, was I good to myself today? And sometimes it was no. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it was yes. Sometimes it was yes. And I had something like really exciting that I wanted to tell about that I was good to myself today. And sometimes it was no. And sometimes it was something that I did really horrible. Like those old behaviors, right? I love that word, man. You work the six and seven step. If you're acting on it, it ain't an old behavior anymore, man. <laughs> you know, but so, but I was doing this in early, early, early recovery. That doesn't mean I worked a step. That doesn't mean I know all the principles that act on that step, but it doesn't mean that I can't learn from that right now. You know, so if you're in here and you're, and you're hearing this now, listen, first one thing I want to say is, it isn't that, you know, because that that is the key to my recovery. Stay in business, and and if you got somebody sponsoring you, ask them. Hey, I know we're not on step ten. Can I start doing an inventory of myself just so I get an understanding? Can I bounce it off you? Because this lady has set me up to to do that step when it comes. You know, <laughs> um, I love the green and gold man. It works out and why. That literature speaks to me like so loudly, man. You know, by working this 10th step, we become more aware of our emotions, our mental state, and our spiritual condition. Just by taking a look at who I am at that point in time. You know, and sometimes that's not always positive. But sometimes when I'm not feeling good about myself, that is positive. And I see those things that are that are coming in there, you know. Uh, but we must continue to grow, and that's exactly what the tenth step helps us to do. We have a chapter in our basic text: "More will be revealed." Yeah. You keep doing the daily inventory, and I'm telling you, more will be revealed. You know, and and you start to get good at this. And I start to incorporate the God of my understanding in that 10th step, um, you know, every day. I start my day with, hey, thank you for getting me up and help. Two simple little prayers, man, right? And I end my day thanking them for a beautiful day that happened. And you know what? I wasn't really good at this today, but help me be willing to be better at that going forward. You know? 
including that conscious contact. This is setting me up for a conscious contact with the God of my understanding. Oh, that's step 11. Oh, yeah, right after step 10. You know, so they're all in an order. They they they, they interact with each other. You know, um, our experience tells us that some members relapse even after long periods of clean time because they came became complacent in recovery, allowing their resentments to build and refusing to acknowledge their wrongs. Little by little, those small hurts, half-truths, and justified grudges turned into deep disappointment and serious self-deception and full-blown resentment. Where am I going to be if I'm in that condition, man? Hold on just a second, Glenn. What was it that you told Mason? What do you mean? What was it that you told Mason when he had the resentment? It's like po- taking poison and hoping you die. No, no, the other one. Which one? You know, make sense of the way that she's living. Oh, yeah. oh, that's that's yeah, that's you know, if you keep on living the way you were living, eventually you're going to have to use to make sense out of the way you're living. If I don't stay in recovery, yeah, and I even if I'm up. an old timer, if I'm not following this program, I can't, I can't stop. I can't get to a point in recovery where I'm good. I'm either going to recovery or I'm either going to relapse. And if I stay in that place too long and I don't do something for my recovery that day, you know which way I'm heading. Yeah, it matches up perfect with what you just read. I'm telling you, it jumped on me right then. When, when, you, when you read that, I was like, uh, he done told Mason this four years ago. Yeah, man. <laughs> I saw- and and you, know, you know what's pretty awesome about this podcast? You know, and I've listened to a bunch of your other ones. Like, I know you guys, and you know me. Like, we have an intimate relationship between us, man. And intimacy is into me. I see who you guys really are. I love you. And you you do, you do, know the same about me. Mm-hmm. You know, let us love you till you learn to love yourself. When I talk with guys like you, people in my recovery like that, I feel that love, and I can love myself. You know? And when... And when I just read, after long periods of clean time, we we become complacent. When I become complacent, that love for myself goes drifting away, man. That's what I was going to ask you about, um, Step 10. Do you find that it's a tool that we can use after we pass, you know, Steps 2 and 3 that can um, further our understanding of the program continuing to work even after we've been clean for some times, because once I notice that if I'm doing an inventory every day, I notice that I keep making this same mistake over and over again. But if I continue to show up and then I, I go back six months later and I, and I start to see a pattern of where I haven't, I haven't done that. And it's been months, you know, just like when I was using the thoughts of using, I'm like, damn, I hadn't thought about using a long time. You know, I haven't acted out on this character defect in a long time. You know, I, I think it's uh, it's a tool that shows us that the program is continuing to work even, you know, after a period of complacency or something like that. But you stepped right in on me, man, because what I'm going to read now talks to exactly <laughs> what you just said, man. And that's the coolest thing about this program, man. When you get online and when you get on waves with somebody who wants what you want, it's the same message. It's the message of hope that I don't have to use again for a day at a time. 
the rest of my life and I can find a new way to live. Right? So we can attribute virtually every wrongdoing to a character defect we identified in the sixth step. Humbly asking God of our understanding to remove our shortcomings is just as necessary now as it was in the seventh step. You talked about can I use can can somebody who's working the second the first, the second and third step benefit from doing a daily inventory? When you get to your fourth step, you're gonna have a history of what your inventory is. Yeah. You're gonna have identified things already, pattern. You talk about these patterns you identify. So when you haven't worked the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh step yet, that's setting you up to, to give you a better understanding of how how vast this program goes, how far it can reach into our soul, right? And when you've been here for a while and you get back into a 10-step inventory and you start to see those same patterns again, remember I talked about old behaviors? I shared about that one day, man. Someone would, I had, I had about three or four years clean, man. And I shared about, yeah, I've been acting out on this old behavior the other day. She grabbed me after the meeting. She said, Glenn, if you're acting out on it, it's not an old behavior. <laughs> but if I start doing that 10 step, I start to see those patterns again happening in my life. And I know what they are now because I'm aware. Right? And then it's my choice. Do I do something about it? Or do I just continue on living the way I was living? Yeah. Yeah, and I was talking about steps two and three. You know, kind of a tenth step can kind of reiterate the principles of the hope and the faith because, you know, after a period of complacency, that's something that seems to slip out. I find myself in a hopeless state or you know, I feel like I'm stuck in a hole again, but doing that 10 step and noticing that it does get better can reiterate the principles of that step, even after it's been a while since I've worked steps two and three, you know, that, and, you know, it, it may be the opening that I see that I need to take an inventory on a particular defect too. If I, if I get stuck in that pattern, maybe I need to go back and do a step four on just a particular defect. So are you talking about somebody who's been here for a while yeah. or, or a newcomer? Yeah. I'm talking about somebody that's been here for a while. Okay. Yeah. No. And and so I was, I thought you talked about somebody who's starting to work their first, uh, their first, second and third step, you know? And yeah. and that's why I said it'll, it'll, even if they're working a 10th step, it'll give them more insight to what they're going to be doing in four, five, six, and seven. Yeah. But, but if I've been here for a while and I start looking at myself, on a regular basis, truthfully, right? Another spiritual principle. I have to be honest with myself about this stuff. If I got to justify my actions, I got to look at my actions. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime I got to justify what Glenn's doing, I got to look at, why am I doing this, man? You know, and I, and I should know because unless it's something brand new or something that I missed, the first time around, and there there will be stuff that will be revealed, right? But yeah. a lot of times, it's the same stuff I already went through. And it's back. And here I am again. I hate that. Here I am again. But continuing to do a 10-step inventory before I get to the point where I'm so far gone, I can correct that behavior. 
And and the first thing about that is being aware. Right. I'm gonna bring something up. You're talking Come about on. being aware, Glenn. If uh, what I'm thinking about right now is six and seven, uh, the character defect, and actually showing one of you all my shortcoming. If I'm aware of the character defect and I don't have to show the shortcoming, then it's not going to be on my 10th step as much. Right. You know, that's one thing that I keep, I keep thinking about, you know, like um, I'll use uh, work for an example. Um, uh, that acting out on, you know, I'm right, you're wrong kind oh. of thing and got to prove I've got something to prove. So then I start to show the shortcoming of the character defect. And then I have to humble myself to go back in there and it promptly admit that I was wrong, whether or not I was right. It was the delivery. That was wrong. And it talks about that in this step, man. It talks about that in, in the, 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 um, the, the step working guide. Right. Everybody reads the basic text and they read the green and gold, the works out why. There's so much stuff in that step working guide, man. Yeah. And again, it gives me a different perspective. But I was, you know, um I get no stuck, man. Um you were talking about um oh, being right. And no matter what I was doing, the way I handle it. I was wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and so I used to have this old woman in our in our in my home group back in home. Right, I loved this woman. She was about seventy eight years old. She would drop f bombs like it was no tomorrow, man. Knock me off my seat the first time I heard her. Yeah, right. And she would always say, "He loved me, man. He really loved me." Right, and she would always either stare after me or come up after the meeting to me, and she would say, "Fun." Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? And in the beginning, my answer to her was, I'm happy when I'm right. <laughs> right? But that, that didn't cut it. Right? That didn't cut it. So, yeah. There's so many times where my ego gets in the way of that, Travis, that even though I'm correct, I just blew everything out of the water. Because of my arrogance, because of my attitude, because of my behaviors, to prove you wrong. Second step, if you can do it once in a while, even if you do it one time, is progress. If I can turn around and agree to disagree with you and leave it simple like that, that's, that's success, man. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. I see Travis looking at you now, man. <laughs> Oh, what uh, an old timer used to tell me. He said, "If you've got a right to be right, then so does somebody else. And if you've got a right to be wrong, so does somebody else. So why don't you give them that right?" Oh, yeah. The so things I hear in recovery, man. Yeah. <laughs> like I've heard all these things other places, but they just never sunk in until somebody who walked down that dirty, nasty path that I walked down, active addiction. And comes around and tells me about it. And I see the change in their life. Do, does that light bulb go on? Mm -hmm. And when people say things like you just 
repeated right there, that stuff gets burned right into our brain, man. That's yep. part of recovering. Right after it kicks us in the groin. Well, I tell you, sometimes it, you know what? <laughs> and if you can remember that one time <laughs> and don't have to get kicked in the groin to be reminded of it, yeah, that's success. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. All right, Glenn. Yeah, so man. before we wrap it up, um, one thing we always do is we want to ask you what your message is so that maybe it's the person that's listening who can't just seem to get it right who uh, continues to pick up and use, or maybe it's the person that's been here for a long time who's having to go through the roughest patch of their life while they're clean. Uh, what is your message to that person? So the person who's struggling and, and, and just keeps using over and over again, our third tradition states that the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop using. If you have that desire, you keep showing up. And eventually, eventually, Hopefully that gift of desperation will kick in and you'll be able to put them down a day at a time. Don't give up on yourself before the miracle happens. And for the person who's been around here for a long time, man, and just seems to be struggling or whatever, is that what you said? Yeah, the, you know, that feels like they're going through the roughest patch of their life while they're Yeah, man, this too shall pass. And how many things do you have in your recovery that you can look back on and say this too shall pass. So you have proof in your life, in your recovery, that you can get through this without having to pick up. Yeah. Using's, a, using's an option, but it's really not a good one. <laughs> it's, it's not. Keep her down there on the list about 13, 14. Yeah. Of the daily inventory of the things you check off. That way you yeah. never get there. You never get there. You ain't got enough hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, or work a 10 step and find out what's really going on. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, cause a 10 step is a mini four, five, six, and seven of your day. Yep. Well, you know, we can't thank you enough and we're extremely grateful that you came on here and did this. Uh, yeah, Glenn, it's been a pleasure, buddy. It has. And you know, you mean the world man. to me, man, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without you. And, uh, I'm just grateful for all the people that influenced you so you could influence me. And now my sponsees are being influenced the way that you influence me. And it's a beautiful thing, man. I love you, bro. I love you. And too. and and know that I feel the exact same thing about you, man. Yeah. Damn, y'all need me to leave. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Because I love you just as much. I'm just kidding. And and if you want to hurt like you are, right, I'd too. come down there and give you a big old bell. I was... <laughs> I was going to say something nice about Travis until he darted his eyes over here. When he, he knows he told that story about being right just to give me that look. <laughs> well, see, we don't, don't have to work. A, others, we don't bro. have to work a 10 step. We work each other's for each other, you know? So yeah, I think that works the way the right way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, oh, we're working. We're, we're submitting that chapter at the next literature convention, you know? Yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> how do i work ten, my running the buddy ten and a half game? step yeah yeah all right glenn we love you buddy thank you so God much. bless you guys man thank you for joining us on our living clean podcast this is another platform that we can share our message of recovery which is an addict any addict can stop using drugs lose a desire to use and find a new way to live join that no matter what club 
You can contact us through text. The number is 931-306-9364.